0: Hey guys, Nathan Murphin here. Just wanted to give you a quick update on why there wasn't an episode posted last week. Uh, My wife and I went down to New Orleans to uh, be messengers sent by our local church to the SBC uh, annual meeting, Uh, so we were busy with that. But now we're back at it this week, and we're going to release to you all a pre-recorded episode on the hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Thank you all for joining, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Sing the Word, a podcast that explores and promotes gospel-centered, biblically rich congregational songs for the church. I am your co-host, Nathan Murfin, and I'm joined by... Joshua Roberts and...
1: Rachel Nothnagel.
0: Good job. You guys can say your names better than I can ever say your names. (laughs) Yay. We're coming uh, with another congregational hymn uh, today. Uh, We're going to be going over the very historically important song that... Probably everyone knows. I'm sure you've sung it in your church in some form or fashion, whether it was high church or a contemporary arrangement of it. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty by Reginald Haber? Heber? Heber. Ever. I would say Heber. Heber. Mm -hmm. He's a Brit, so I don't know. But he's dead, so he can't get mad at me if I say his (laughs) name wrong. He's he long gone. Starting off
1: strong. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
0: He's dead. Anyways. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, starting off strong. Thanks. All right. So now, like we always do, let's open up by just reading the text of these uh, verses. Uh, Josh is going to start us off and we'll go around the table. Here we go.
2: Holy, 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 Lord God almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity.
1: Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea, cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, who wert and art and evermore shall be.
0: Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art holy, there is none beside thee perfect in power, in love, and purity.
2: Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So, if you guys are okay with this, normally we start with the biblically
0: rich, gospel-centered stuff, but I would really like to just start with the music, okay. that's okay. Yeah. Just really... Um, briefly, for me, I'll start and you guys add what you think. I was saying this earlier to you guys. I think this is this hymn, this tune, is one of the best melodies set in Christian hymnody to reflect its text. Mm-hmm. There is just something so, um, I don't want to sound existential, but so um, transcendent and something so powerful about the melody of, holy, holy, holy. Yes. It literally like, it just builds literally the, the melody. Mm-hmm. It, it builds the chord yeah. and it it lifts our eyes upward. It's, it makes us think about God as holy, obviously, but also it leaves us with a sense of awe and wonder and, and looking up, mm-hmm. looking at God as, mm-hmm. as who he is, as he is transcendent above all time and creation. I just and there's other parts in the hymns that are beautiful too. It's just that part just really it just rises and I think it just raises the affections and it's a it's a good melody. Um, And there's probably other things you want to say, or but that's one thing I wanted to say. I had to say it before we get the text
2: because of the the richness of the way that it is written. That I I actually prefer when I when I do this song that it features the voices the most. Absolutely. Um, I, I do like to hear it with a loud, brass full brass, full organ, mm-hmm, full, mm-hmm. full band, anything like that. Right. I, I like to hear it um, like that, but, but it seems like every time I lead it, I want to at least have some places where the voices are very, very exposed. I, I can remember going um, and singing it at, at the Sing Conference and um, it being done just just simply the i guess the it was there no it was it at was, for the
0: church with Matt Boswell remember I that they I did the last verse a cappella oh, uh, yeah that we and, were yeah, we're, I was next yeah to you, we
2: were standing <laughs> next to man yeah and 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 just hearing that that oh, harmony man. um of the voices because it is so well written with however gusto. the the richness of the uh four part harmony is there but i think that sometimes when we try to to play it, um, our instruments in church, we'll try to play it with all of those extra uh, notes and stuff that it actually strips it. It messes it up more. Mm. Um, when 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 you're when you're accompanying the congregation, let them be the feature yeah. and and just kind of simplify. Yeah, I the agree. way that you accompany it, yeah. you don't have to change the chord on every beat like it's written. No, you you can mm. you can let those all, accidentals. <laughs> yeah. Be leading tones and stuff. Yeah, like
0: that. we we use the you know for these hymns we use the 2008 Baptist hymnal Lifeway stuff, and that intro is just like, bum, bum, bum,
2: bum, 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 holy,
0: it's just yeah. got that. It's just like uh, tum, tum. oh,
2: see, we use the one that's got the jazzy little dun, 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 dun. It, it, It's it's something about I don't it know. It doesn't sound very jazzy. It, well, it <laughs> it does sound like not with my singing, but. <laughs> It does sound like it whenever it's it's got something that I don't
0: yeah. Know. well, I just I, I'm I'm the same way, Josh. I've told we've done this where we sing verse one and verse four a cappella. And then mm-hmm. I have the instrumentals phase in for verse two or full, mm-hmm. and then I have them pull it back a little bit for verse three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a sinful man, my like, glory may not see. And then out for yeah. verse four. Yeah, yeah,
1: the arrangements that I've heard and been a part of and sang um at different churches have always been this very just like Um, kind of not really lullaby-ish but it's kind of a little bit faster and I don't know all the terms you guys do but Uh it's almost like we are missing the point of it entirely because it's supposed to be this kind of like
2: ethereal reflective yeah yeah. it's
1: like you're it makes you or at least this song makes me think of like Christ's victory and how he is he is high above different Mm -hmm. set apart from us yes yet we're singing we're just kind of like bopping along. Yeah, bopping along. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's
0: too fast. It's, it's, probably. Too, it's too
1: fast, and it's too probably. like swingy because it's mm. not. It's not giving the the, the people in the yeah, yeah the people in the toe congregation a chance free. to reflect on yeah. the words. That's good. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree with that too. Well, okay, we talked about the music, so let's let's get into the biblically rich and gospel.
2: Well, before we do, stuff. I want to say something about the. I was looking, and um, I. This guy, Reginald Hebert, I, I, I don't see any other hymns in any of our hymnals that um, he wrote, mm-hmm. but yet he when you go to hymnary, there's, there's tons of them that he wrote. Hmm. Um, in fact, it attributes some to him that he didn't write, um, like Hark the Herald and Joy to the World. But um, I don't know why. They, I'm gonna have to let them know that they made a mistake, or maybe maybe a hymnal. You tell them, do. Josh. I will. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> send them a nice little email. <laughs> but but anyways, a hymnary um, Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there's nothing else that I, I think I don't think that he he wrote anything else that that stood the test of time other than this one, um, but I think the reason why is because of what we're about to dig into with the the scriptures and stuff mm-hmm. and how um, these two scenes that we'll look at um, in Revelation and in Isaiah mm-hmm. um, help us to kind of transcend our momentary uh, trials or whatever here in this world and see God victorious and high and lifted mm-hmm. up, so...
0: And he's always been that, too. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. change. We'll That's get to right. that. Sorry. Oh, go got, for it. Go I can't spill the beans. it. Bean. <laughs> can't do it. it. Okay, let's get into the text now. Okay. Verse 1. Here we go. Do you guys want to read? You mentioned Isaiah and Revelation. Do we want to read those passages? To, I mean, that makes sense. How about, um, uh, Josh, how about you do Isaiah 6? Um, you can you can stop at verse 3, or you can go all the way to verse 7 if you want. And then, Rachel, how about you do Revelation
2: 4? Um Oh, I'm going to go further than verse 3. Okay, go to yeah, go to 7. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll, okay, here goes. Isaiah 6 mm-hmm. uh, starts there at the first verse. Mm-hmm. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had, or flaming ones. Mm-hmm. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew.
0: Rachel, you got Revelation 4. Um, I'm trying to, I can't remember the verses off offhand, offhand, but yeah. you know the yeah. part. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just trying a, to find a good, a good starting, starting point. Points. Yeah, um,
1: so you know the context. Yeah. Um, somewhere around 5 or 6, maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, this is describing the throne in heaven. Mm-hmm. I'll just start. Um, yeah, I'll start in 6 here. It says, Before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal, and around the throne...
0: There we go.
2: Now, I want to ask a, a question. Well, this is kind of what we do with this podcast. We're saying, you know, sing the word. These are songs that we think that should be sung in our congregational music often. And and for me, the why of why we sing this song is plain and simply this. In fact, I introduce the song like this sometimes. It says there what Rachel just read. Uh, they never cease saying day and night, holy, mm-hmm. holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And being able to introduce the song and saying, we are joining with mm-hmm. the actual words that are being said mm-hmm. in heaven at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just puts a perspective into you. And so I think it's anytime that you sing anything that has holy, 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 you know, these words out of Revelation, um, then you you it's a good way to introduce it to just help people to understand what they're doing. They are joining in with what is going on day and night, never cease being said, holy, holy, holy is Lord. I don't mind who is and news. Is is.
1: That repetition of the word holy. Um, I think it's, can, important. Can, it's, it's so important. Yes. Three um, times. Um, mm-hmm. I read the holiness of God by R.C. Sproul last mm-hmm. year and ended it in tears because there was so much in there. I'd never thought of, but he points out there that there's only one attribute of God that is magnified in Scripture to the third degree of repetition, and mm-hmm. that is God's holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, he later explains that, you know, in our language, in English, um, there are different ways that we uh, give emphasis to different types of words, you know, and underlining verbs. them, yeah, mm-hmm. um, various ways. But Jesus did this through repetition to make his points and Several times, you know, when he's calling the disciples to follow him or he'll say, uh, truly, truly, I say unto you or yeah. verily, verily, um, this was to emphasize a point. And I think it's um, worth noting that the only a- attribute of God that is re- repeated so often is his holiness. And so we don't want to miss this because God's holiness can't be separated from his other attributes. It's like a yep. like a tapestry. Or that it
0: supersedes <laughs> all of them. Exactly. Even though like you said it is in the superlative right. you know, three times holy 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 um but you're right but yeah
1: i think it it's important to see it in the tapestry of his whole of of who god is he's not just holy or just merciful or just loving and all those things but he is everything all at once and so um, it was helpful to me to to learn about the holiness of god and why why it's repeated why is it there why is mm-hmm. it there in scripture Um, But, yeah, I guess that was all I had to say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, to that end,
2: um, I I read something, and I I like the way that they said it, because I think that sometimes uh, we don't understand, or maybe to help us understand what superlative and all that means, um, if something is really big, uh, in in Hebrew they would say it is big, big. Mm -hmm. If it's Mm -hmm. really deep or very deep, they would say it's deep, deep. Uh, Holy, holy, holy is the only superlative in the bible with a threefold repetition mm. mm-hmm. um and and so it is really 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 is is what what it's saying <laughs> really 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 holy it, it, it's it's right. going to the, the the utter you know it's basically saying there is undiluted holiness yep mm-hmm. undiluted that's a good
0: word yeah. and i think sometimes we we get really at least i do we get really um theoretical about what holiness is. And I think one of the clearest things to think about holiness is simply set-apartness. I know that's, that's not a word, but being the thing being set apart, consecrated, you know. We, mm-hmm. You talk about objects that are being made holy, or or us, um, you know, in Hebrews 10, he has perfected all the for all time those who are being made holy, who are being sanctified. Um, but that God is so unlike anything like us, anything we could perceive in our human minds, any other creature that he made, he is so unlike any of that. It's beyond our grasp. Um, And and that's really at the bare bones what holiness is, I think. Obviously, there's the moral implications. He is, as the verse 3 says, perfect in power, in love, and in purity. There's no... Mm -hmm. Mixture of sin or evil in him, he is he's fully good and he is fully great. Mm -hmm. Um, We can get all into all those attributes in a little bit. Um, One thing I like. Let's go on to verse one, if you don't mind. I think something that also gets missed. I I was just talking about kind of some broad attributes of God. That third line, holy, 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 merciful and Mm -hmm. mighty. Mm. That the separation there, but they're connected, obviously. He's merciful and mighty. Merciful. Talks about God's goodness. God, in, in His own character in and in of Himself, He He is love. He has um, benevolence towards all creatures, even those whom He will, you know, He will destroy, destroy. And in the final judgment, He is good. He He gives life to all things. He's especially good in His grace to those whom he' has saved, and He's also mighty. He and that talks about God's greatness. His omnipotence. He he has the power to do whatever he wants. He is um, powerful in various ways. Mm-hmm. So we talk about God's goodness and greatness, and not just one or the other. Um, I like that they put these two things together.
2: I think that the perfect and power, love, and purity, and the, the merciful and mighty, all of that's being—we're remi- being reminded of that. The only thing that he doesn't say in here is is is. His grace. I wish that in somewhere, somewhere in this song, he had said, "He's also perfect in His grace." But, but this, this, what what I'm getting at is our world. You hear often people will say, "Well, I just don't believe that a loving God would send everyone to hell." Mm -hmm. You know that that doesn't know Jesus. That's not a loving God. Mm -hmm. Well, He's perfect in love, Mm -hmm. but He's also perfect in purity. He's perfect in holiness, mm-hmm. and so um, it helps us to grasp that concept and to argue against that heresy of you know yeah. a loving mm-hmm. God that that somehow love should be is is perfect, but His holiness is not perfect uh, because both of them go hand in hand, and He He does that well by by reminding us of the mercy, mercy, the might, the power the love, but also the holiness, the purity, um, and he can't can't be in the presence of sin. So he went so far as to, um, and even though it doesn't say grace, it, it brings right. that to mind because he went so far as to, to provide that way. Um, so yes, he is a loving God, perfect in love, uh, but he's also perfect in his purity. One of my favorite um,
0: theologians actually of the Middle Ages uh, is Anselm of Canterbury, and he said this: I'm paraphrasing. Truly, you are merciful because you are just. Mm-hmm. Mm. There, there, there is so much deep water there, um, but that that kind of ties into what you're saying about they're not to be tethered away or severed from each other.
1: I've been reading uh, "Rejoice and Tremble" by Michael Reeves, and it's about fearing God. Um, I guess correctly if I can use that term, but he kind of spends a few chapters describing um, those who are on the the other side of God's like mercy, or maybe, um, maybe if I can word this better, um, so people who do not know the Lord as Savior have a different fear of God than those who do. Right, and so when he's fearing God, when he's not your Savior, is a different thing, Um, and then going back to the whole merciful and mighty, if God was just merciful, but he wasn't mighty to save, he wouldn't be God. Um, But then if he wasn't, uh, if he was merciful, but not powerful. Mm -hmm. um, How could
0: he accomplish it? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) How could he make it into effect?
1: Right. And then um, if he wasn't merciful, but still powerful, he would certainly be, and this is where I'm going to quote Pride and Prejudice, a fearsome thing to behold. Uh, (laughs) Because if he wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't merciful, but he still had all the same power. Like, that is a different type of fear, but we can approach the Lord in a way that fears Him and reveres Him as who He is, but also is ready to receive mercy, knowing that, like I said in our last episode, <laughs> we know the One on the throne, and right. so yes, He's He has wrath and He is just, um, and those are those are things that we need, but also as His children, we are on the right side, we are on the receiving end of His mercy and grace.
0: Mm-hmm. Hence the word grace. <laughs> one of my Favorite um, parts about um, C.S. Lewis is um, how he describes Aslan in *The Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe*. It's Mister Beaver talking to Susan and, and the kids, and they're trying to describe Aslan has returned, and he's this great and glorious king, and he's a lion. And then, the, and then I think it's either Susan or Lucy that says, "Is he quite safe? I should be really afraid to meet a lion." And uh, Mister Beaver basically says, "Safe." Who said anything about safe? Mm. Of course, he isn't safe, but he's good. Mm. I love that so much. That is just that—that's a wonderful allegorical picture of who God is. He's not safe, but he is good. Yeah.
2: Um. I, oh, go ahead. I can't help it, but also think uh, we were talking about the holiness of God, and and when I read Isaiah six, um, you know, Isaiah and John both, um, it says that they you know, got to to see the throne room of Ezekiel. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah says, um, you know, uh at, at, as as he sees the whole earth is full of the glory of God and all of the shaking and the the thunder smoke. and the foundations and the thresholds and the smoke and the blah blah. blah, blah. And his immediate reaction is, mm-hmm. uh, woe is me for I am undone. And I it doesn't say it in there. But I, I see him I lost. as he says that, that he just falls down. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say that in there. But I, I see, at least if if I were imagining myself yeah. in that place, as I'm saying, woe is me, for I'm lost, for I'm undone, is what the King James says. Mm-hmm. Um which I love that I, I'm, I'm undone, undone. Yeah. which actually I'm makes literally me think disintegrating I, as I am we just speak. melting here on yeah. the ground, and why I I, I think have you know no why right to I'm, be in this place. Yeah, and 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 something about every time that I sing this song, it 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 kind of puts me in a place. Of, I'm getting a little teary eyed even now. It puts me in a place of just being undone because I am so unclean compared. Mm. And and Isaiah, Isaiah was actually a godly man. Yeah. Uh, but he he says immediately he says I am I am unclean I have unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. But yet, as he is washed and cleansed by the the seraphim coming mm-hmm. in, and giving the burning cool. coal, um, he he immediately with confidence then says, Here am I, send me. Even though mm-hmm. he's just. You know, it, it just ties all that yeah. together of that, that again, right. the grace, but also the holiness of God. And the,
0: the full mm. the full atonement, the full of cleansing that yeah. he receives. You can't help but think, without getting too much of a tangent, we really got to get back to the song, but yeah. Isaiah 6, but the fact that he says, I, I, have, I have unclean lips, what's the thing that the coal touches? Mm. His lips. His lips. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that he confesses and knows yeah. is filthy and sinful. Oh, man, that's so powerful. Um, One thing that, back to the hymn, that it mentions in verse 1 and in verse 2, or excuse me, verse 4, God in three persons, Mm -hmm. blessed trinity. Don't know how much clearer you can get about (laughs) what Christians believe about their God. One God in three persons, blessed trinity. There's not many songs that just say trinity. Mm -hmm. I, I love, and you know, the word that probably gets covered in that is blessed um, we don't we don't say man you are blessed today you know talking uh, describing someone as blessed but thinking about the the utter and undying joy blessedness happiness contentment in and of himself god is in his three persons and has always been harmoniously with the fa- with father son spirit for all eternity blessed trinity
2: well blessed also means holy or consecrated it mm-hmm. can. Yeah. good. Um, so um I, I, something about me as a young boy growing up singing this song also the 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 superlative holy 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 would always reinforce to me I guess because the song talked about the trinity. Um uh, maybe maybe that in fact I've heard people say sometimes you know that the holy 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 uh, might be because of you know holy father holy son holy Spirit, um, it, I don't know. It, it does something to me that that brings back, hearkens back to the Trinity again. Um, that three and one, one and three. Yes. Um, another thing. Real, I know we've hanging
0: hanging on the ver- first verse, but hmm. there's a little bit. I think it's like a a sense of earnestness and devotion when it says early in the morning our song shall rise to thee i'm not when i I, first get up yeah
1: it reminds me Uh, of deuteronomy 6 okay i was thinking is there a psalm
0: or something i'm trying to think where it mentions that yeah is it in the shema does it say Uh that okay yeah i'll pull it up yeah i couldn't remember when i was preparing i was just like this there there's a sense of urgency and and devotion to our praising of god if it's a perpetual thing in heaven well then it should be an urgent thing for us
1: so i don't know that it It doesn't specifically mention the morning, but it is that same concept of having God's word in and around you at all times and that like constant devotion. So it says, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise, there you go, there's the there's yeah. the word. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So it's that concept of having it in, around you, near you. Mm-hmm. Um, and later in Deuteronomy, it even says the word of God is very near you so that you can do it, oh. so you can obey it. There
0: you go. Good job, Rachel. That's good stuff. Um, let's go on to verse 2 and 3 um, and Obviously, we'll conclude with verse four is it's very triumphant and mm. encompassing in what it talks about. But verse two and three, again, it, it dives into the, you know, the casting down of crowns, that vision we read, and the the, the elders throwing their crowns down in Revelation 4. I think that's what it's alluding to. Yeah. Cherub and mm-hmm. Seraphim, well, that's see back see. in Isaiah yeah. 6, the mm-hmm. flaming ones. The biggest thing in, in verse 2 that it's that's not been said yet, though it very much is implied, who worked and art and evermore shall be, which is revelation. Can we talk about revelation. commas
1: again? Because every yes. time we used to sing this growing up, it there was no, com- you, no, commas. no commas, and you didn't understand what you were saying because it didn't, like Archaic it was very language. much like, yeah. which word and art and evermore shall be. Yeah. And it's just like rolling off your tongue, but there was no like s- stopping and pausing that God was and was he is, and is,
0: and is, is, and is and to
1: come. Is. Yes, it's to it come. actually means something, words mm-hmm. mean something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Commas means something. And just that's that's the doc and here's a big word doctrine of aseity, the aseity mm-hmm. of God. The existence He does of not God. rely on anything. He he's, he's uncreated. He does not rely on any outer outer force to create or affect him. He simply is and has always been and is yet to always be, be always be. This Oh man, that that is one of the biggest like how how do you put your mind around the eternity <laughs> obviously, but a God who was, is, and is to come. Um, let's keep going in verse 3. I think this is where we get to kind of like the uh, Isaiah, woe is me part of the song. Mm. Holy, holy, holy. One, though the darkness hide thee, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And then, like as Isaiah would say, then the two, though the eye of sinful man, I am undone, I am unclean. Thy glory may not see. There, there's this. Yes, this is a song of praise and adoration, and worship. But this is also a point of, 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 of confession, and um, and penitential prayers. He, he he admits, I I I am <laughs> in this category here. Though the eye of sinful man like glory may not see, we have a corrupted understanding of all things mm-hmm. because of the fall. Mm-hmm. Though. We have this corruption. You stand above it, O God. Only thou art holy, and there is none beside thee. Then we go into the perfections. Perfections there.
1: Um. Yeah, that makes me think of Isaiah 46. Um, just read a few verses. Remember the former things mm-hmm. of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God and there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning mm. and from ancient times things not yet done. Mm. And then later he says, I have purposed and I will do it.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: There is none beside
0: thee. Yeah, that, that basically is another proclamation of him, you know, that there is none beside thee. Mm. Your idols, your <laughs> their graven images, mm. they are just so unworthy. I mean... <laughs> (laughs) I've got Revelation on my mind because we just were going through it with my students, and I and this is a very random passage to pull from in Revelation, but talking about um, during the seven trumpets and the the judgments of God coming forth on the earth. The end of chapter nine, I love he talk. It's it's a very um, blunt and very dark verse, but it talks about mankind not being repentant. In verse 20 of chapter 9, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues of seven trumpets did not repent of their works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, comma, which cannot see or hear or walk. I love that. And there's other prophets that say the same thing. You're worshiping things that are so inanimate and Mm -hmm. not living, but I am the living God, and there is none that can equal me in my perfections, and these are qualities of His holiness. When we get to this last line: "Only Thou art holy; there is none beside Thee, perfect in power, one love, and purity." I know you mentioned grace. I think Yeah. in love, that's probably a that's tangent where it of comes grace. From. Yeah, that's. Where. But these are all the if we take the doc, if we take holiness, and these are little subsets of his, the qualities of His holiness. We see that there in power, love, and purity. Um. Anyways. Any other thoughts on those first three verses before we get to well, the last one?
2: I will say this: I had someone tell me one time, explain to me this way about the the revelation and the the, the elders casting down their crowns. A crown is a, a thing that 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 shows that you are the ruler of something. Um, that hmm. it, it's a place. It's a thing of honor, but it also is, is what is put on your head to authority. show now you have an authority. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's a good word. And when we join in singing this, it, it helps us to to think of these um, these elders, these mm-hmm. saints casting down their crowns and taking the authority off of their head Humility. and placing it before the mm-hmm. King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it reminds me as well to do this, the same thing, to yeah. cast my crown down yep. um, and to allow it to be there in its rightful place before the... Uh, the king. Yeah. So.
0: Let's go to our final verse, and then we'll conclude this episode. Again, it, it rearticulates the very first thing, the very first phrase of verse one: "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty!" Exclamation point. Then it it enters this all-encompassing dimension of the song: "All thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and in sea." Sorry, I added a couple words there, but. There are so many psalms that talk very much uh, in this uh, in this vein. I mean, I think of, you know, the very last psalm, Psalm 150, mm-hmm. let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I mean, uh, Psalm 104 talks about you have created the Leviathan and you have formed the ocean for him to play in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I thought this was a <laughs> psalm of praise. And like, yes, it is. God, in his pleasure, All is like, I'm going to make this huge, mysterious creature and he's going to praise me in the sea. You know, or mm-hmm. and the birds of the air, and just all, and then God provides. You know, Psalm 140, 145, the Lord um, provides and feeds all the, all of His creatures, and they they turn back and praise to Him. There's so many examples of Psalms. If you guys have some, you can read them. I just Earth.
1: thought of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory mm, of
0: God. Yep, that's right. There's there's so many. <laughs> it's like praise is a very central theme in the Psalms. Uh, all thy works shall praise thy name. All created things, not just not just you know men and women, but creatures um, are thinking about you know when uh, Jesus his triumphal entry to Jerusalem and Pharisees are mad and he's they're saying you shut up your disciples they're being too loud too rowdy they were jealous of him getting praise and he said well if I were to shut up these disciples the, even the rocks would cry mm-hmm. out and praise because of who I am. <laughs> Holy, 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 merciful and mighty God in three persons, blessed Trinity. We we end there. And I, I just, just want to say, like it, where I,
2: we I love yeah, I love it whenever things are tied up nicely mm-hmm. and you know a packaged bold. well. Mm-hmm. And um, I always love it when a, a it this is just a silly little preference thing for me, but I will always love it when a a pastor when he's preaching that he will he will start with the scripture and he'll end with mm-hmm. the scripture and he'll kind of. Reread it, and it just mm. helps you to settle. So that's one of the things that I just love about this song, just the structure of it. We've talked a lot about, you know, the the scripture of it and all, but just the way that the fourth verse is a, a returning to the same lyrics from the first verse, to me, it just kind of closes it off well yeah. so that, um, I, like I said, just everything's right. tied up nicely in a bow, and you get to... Uh, in the song, um, so love that about it.
0: Yep, there's not many, not many better examples of a song that talks about the topic of God's holiness. So um, we should be using this one frequently for its many, many good purposes uh, as a congregational hymn. All right, well that concludes this episode. Uh, thank you, listener, for joining in, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening to Sing the Word. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast platform. Feel free to leave us a good rating, too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and other platforms as well. If you've got songs, questions, or discussions you'd like for us to explore in future episodes, please email those to singtheword three sixteen at gmail.com. Again, that's seeing the word 316 at gmail.com. As we continue to improve and expand our platforms for this podcast, we'll be sure to keep you posted on things to come, Lord willing. Again, thank you for listening. Grace and peace.